0: welcome to the speak the language podcast today is monday december the 6th uh we are back in the office uh for a short while we actually leave here and go straight back up to kudzu which is pretty common procedure for this time of year yep
1: yep monday monday head up there got a front coming through right now
0: friday come back yeah it's supposed to be stormy for a little bit i just looked at the hourly and uh it's
1: supposed to be and gone rain wise by like 1 p.m yeah and dropping 30 degrees today or close to it
0: let's be welcomed because this weekend was did not feel anything like december supposed to feel no
1: i I stayed in the house
0: most of the weekend because it was 70 something degrees
1: and i was looking at the cameras which is nice you can look at see what deer are doing from mm-hmm. your house now mm-hmm. and uh yeah it wasn't much happening
0: we uh those those cameras have been a game changer. If y'all haven't heard us, I mean, we've talked about these a pretty good bit on here, but if something works, I don't mind plugging it at all. Yeah. And this thing works. Uh so the Bushnell Cellucor twenty specifically is what we've been using. Uh and we're not like breaking any big news talking about it because it's been a pretty broke out as very popular because it's been a very good sale camera yep. reliability wise. It's, it's
1: affordable and we yep. have yet to have one
0: tear up. That's the so. key, really. Is like there's you it's either been in the cell cam world, it's either been one's affordable, but it doesn't work all that great. Or it works really, really well, but you gonna have to take out a loan. Yeah. You know what I mean you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like these, what's it they're a forty nine. Yeah, under a hundred and dollars $150, $150 yep. basically. And uh, work extremely well. Battery life works extremely well. So, yeah, um, if you're looking to at least, like, you know, dip your toe in the water on the cell camera stuff, I would highly suggest trying those cameras out.
1: Yep. And, uh, I mean, you got to pay for them monthly, but it's not like... Yeah. I mean, it's 15 bucks a month. If you want to really key in on that old bu- big buck deer, I think we'll all spend 15 bucks a month
0: for that. Yeah, I mean, if you have to start cutting corners, I mean, it's either you pay a month for Disney Plus. Don't <laughs> cut your Paramount because you got to watch Yellowstone. But you either pay a month for Disney Plus or you have trail cameras. <laughs> you know, if you yep. look at it in that, <laughs> in that respect.
1: I'm looking at the weather right here now, and it's a uh, 96% chance of rain up there at the camp right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 a.m. is 75. 11 a.m. is 55, and then by 12 is 6. And uh, it is 72 degrees there right now. And by 1 p.m. it is going to be 55 with 14 mile hours dead north winds.
0: Gracious, need to be duck hunting. Dropping, dropping. I tried to go duck hunting this weekend.
1: I saw some picks. Like y'all shot some. We well, did. It did. Uh, was it? Did y'all have a good percentage on shoot versus knockdown
0: ratio or? <laughs> actually yes they decoyed good? no I mean yes but here's the thing like I was I was due for this like I thought this was going to be a trip to smash town on the ducks because it was like I mean I, I hadn't hunted catfish ponds in years years yeah used to do it a fairly good bit when I was younger and uh like i said we've talked about this before it's been years i remember we did an episode where we talked about that whole trash duck mentality that i just don't buy into but um i know some guys that you mentioned going to you know fish ponds and shooting ringnecks and shovelers they're like i don't even want to waste my time but i'm like heck yeah let's do it you know and uh it's a shooting sport yeah but i mean i even went there we'd gone there brad and i for what we're talking about y'all there's a We've got, it's another, as y'all have heard us talk about, we've kind of been adding on little bits to kudzu here and there. Well, this is, we're calling it an, you know another addition to kudzu that we got. And uh, Brad and I went out there deer hunting, and there was a fair, I mean, like a good chunk of ducks out there, mm-hmm. ringnecks and shovelers mostly, a couple gadwall. And when I say a couple, I mean like I saw 12, whereas like the vast majority of ringnecks and shovelers, and I was like, I want to come out here this weekend and shoot them. Brad was like, have at it even the day before friday when i was on the way back from camp headed to my house i swung through there and looked they were they were all primarily in one pond in one corner and i said i got you like, <laughs> i have a plan yeah. so we go out there uh saturday morning and granted like the weather did take like a hard turn that probably didn't help even with those ducks you so know.
1: humid, and, so humid and, and, and
0: hot yeah we didn't have day like we didn't the what ducks we did saw did see which at first light i didn't see as many as i'd been seeing but not even the first duck even studied where we were at i was like well this is not good (laughs) it's not good at all (laughs) not even remotely good uh so we moved and then you want to talk about just feeling like a genius like i'd already had to like do some serious redneck rigging on the decoys that I had, because the decoys that I had had been previously used at Cottonmouth where we're hunting that shallow stuff.
1: I had 18-inch leaders on them.
0: So I had to do some rigging. Basically, what I did is take another 18-inch rigging and clip it on the bottom of it. So now i got two egg weights, but now I've got longer cord. Yeah. Where at this end of the catfish ponds, it worked fine. When I was in a hurry and walked down the other end, I just chucked them out there. Well, it was deeper on that side. So now my decoys are just drifting. (laughs) out into that i'm like and that my my poor father had not duck hunted since the 80s and i'm like i wanted to give him a good hunt and uh it was just not working out but we you know we stuck it out there long enough we ended up i think we shot like four ducks which i was telling i was talking to brad about it because i sent that picture to brad and uh i was like it was really a reminder of how you know kind of like a take back and have some perspective because i was sitting there going like man i wish we'd have killed more whereas like pop pop was tickled yeah you know just having a blast you know we did have at one point we had like just a big probably a group of like i don't know 50 ring neck ducks i mean they landed on the other side of the pond where we couldn't really cut into them good but you know how that big old group like that when they you come got to sit down you right. can hear their wings and stuff and mm-hmm. dad was like i haven't heard that sound in 20 years yeah. you know so that, it was fun uh got to work knocks and i was i was due for it i've had a been on the better side of lucky so far this hunting season between elk season and the pheasant shrimp went good and then I had a really good speck on a few weeks ago it just seemed right for me to go to a hunt that's supposed to be a one where you just burn your barrel and have fun shooting and struggle yeah you know (laughs) it's like yeah this makes sense but uh it was fun i mean i had a great time
1: Mm -hmm.
0: this podcast is brought to you by on x hunt the app that has completely changed the game and helps you increase your success rates every time you go out in the field it's something that we legitimately use every single day doesn't matter if we're talking elk hunting deer hunting duck hunting upland hunting Bass fishing, it does not matter. We don't go a day without using Onyx Hunt. Public and private land boundaries, the new crop filters, the new 3D mapping system. There is not a time where Onyx cannot help you, and they update it all the time, which helps you increase your success rates. So go and check out the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, man, if anyone... And our actual crew was here and saw me pull that stunt with the decoys and them just go floating off in the water like I would not have was caught it, any slack. Was it too slack. deep
1: to wade in there? Or well, they,
0: I, I got them all but okay. when I got them when the wind pushed them all the way back to the other side of the pond. <laughs> so, yet the first time when they started going, I was like, oh, no, it's too deep. So I went to go get them. I was like, I can't go get them. Yeah. And I was wearing – my waders came up to my armpits. That's mm. how deep it so was. I was like six foot. Yeah. I was not – yeah, I was ill-prepared. Mm, mm, but mm, mm, fun hunt fun time we actually like i said we shot well good. truly like <laughs> i don't think we let too many get past us nice but, but you, i mean you didn't do nothing hunting wise this weekend uh? nope
1: did not do anything i hung out at the house and spent time with my girls yeah um we did have a good week last week at kudzu though mm-hmm. considering the weather yeah we uh slayed killed a Really nice management book. I mean, perfect what you want to yeah. take out. There's just, just not much to them at all as far as antlers and a three-and-a-half-year-old deer. So at that point, with our DMAP criteria for mm-hmm. you know that that age and under a certain size, you can take them out for management purposes. Yeah. And, uh, though people think, like, here's one thing that I want to kind of touch on with that is like by shooting that deer you're not really doing anything to the genetics of the herd
0: oh you just had to go down that hole i'm listening you're right i'm listening yeah what uh the
1: advantage of it is is you're taking a mouth off the table and a lot of times those deer like that they're kind of the bully Mm -hmm. and uh you're opening up room for another potentially nicer deer to come in mm-hmm. not downplaying deer he's a good deer i'm happy with him slade's happy with him everybody's happy with him yeah that's kind of the the gist of why you do that yeah. is taking that mouth off the table plus opening up room for another buck to come in
0: what you definitely do hear a lot which is what you were pointing out as you say folks go yeah we need to get him out don't want him breeding any more does and bringing more deer like him you're like well, that's not really the that's not a realistic goal. Yeah,
1: it's just it's been proven too many times by biologists. There's that there's
0: like a big study come out of, I think it was in Texas, yeah. where they were talking about culling, quote unquote, and the effect it had on genetics. Yeah, they oh. uh,
1: I forget how big that ranch was, but it was huge, and they divided it into I think four different parcels, and they were like huge sections, like over I want to say over five thousand acre sections. Mm-hmm. And one sec- – I don't remember exactly all the details, so I'm probably finna butcher this. But one section they managed tremendously, really hard, like taking out all these quote-unquote coal bucks, you know, at an early age. Like if they wopsided on one side or another, they're gone. Yeah. One side they shot strictly just age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one side, I forget – it was several different rotations what they were doing in these in – these, they call them pastures out there, like big chunks of land. Yeah. And – uh they said over a course of like three or four or five years, I don't remember what it was, the pasture that they, in, like, intense, like, sure enough, just cold every buck they thought. You know, I remember that, yeah. Like, they saw no difference four years later in that field, in that, in that area. But the the pasture that they were shooting just strictly age is the one that did the best.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. I can't wait. That, there was a whole somebody, not us somebody did a whole like podcast talking about that, where they interviewed the dude who managed that ranch. Yeah, it was quite interesting. And I, I can't remember, if I could figure out where that was, I would share it, but I can't remember who did that podcast. But the gist of it was, like, you can't change your genetics. Yeah, it might have been MSU Deer Lab, maybe.
1: Maybe it was, but that was the gist of it. It's like you cannot shoot out genetics. Yeah. So when you hear... On a free-range place. Yeah. Now I think you can manipulate it if it's controlled. hmm Like a like a fence
0: situation. And
1: I think you can manipulate it in a way. Now I don't think you can, you know, just make it better and better every year. It takes a long, long time from yeah. what I've been told.
0: hmm So. I don't know.
1: Yep. But that was just going to touch on that for a minute. You know, just to hopefully help somebody. That's Kinda a cold understanding.
0: Buck. It's a call buck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah you do see that word thrown around a lot yeah like
1: a <laughs> two-year-old six point it's a three call. three on one side and a spike on the other and well, like he's never gonna be out.
0: anything he's never gonna be right so there was a, Dude, a
1: buddy of mine I, he actually posted this on facebook this morning uh, he shot a buck that he'd been trying to hunt for several years and he had trail camera pictures of him every year i mean the deer was like six seven years old when he killed it this morning or yesterday when it was but he mm-hmm. had trail camera pictures of it from like a three-year-old like when you can really start telling the you know significant
0: times and stuff yeah
1: and the deer was a seven point you know just like he's pretty much a big six he had like one little bitty three at a mm-hmm. three-year-old mm-hmm. and uh he killed him this week and he was like a really nice nine point but he still had the same characteristic I mean, it's the same deer, 100%. You could tell from, like, his frame and stuff. Yeah, but he put on so much. Like, that's just kind of show you, you don't ever know what they're going to end up being huh. until you let them get old.
0: Yeah. I think it was, uh, I think it was Wyatt from Swamp Donkey told me something about, like, it. the vast majority of white-tailed deer at four years old, the majority at four years old, they're, like, 96% developed on their rack
1: like points wise and yes stuff. Yeah. yes yeah, that's, typically that's true that's what yeah I've heard that from a couple of biologists. Yeah. like you'll be able to see the chari- characteristics of them yeah. at like three most time they got their primary points on at three yeah now they may put on you know an extra four or something or wopsided mm-hmm. from then on out but pretty much it's all there
0: yeah typically but and then you'll have your outliers like your buddies you're talking about where he put on what is it Seven point two two more points at seven years yeah, old two
1: more mainframe like g they put on like g3s and g4s you know on mm-hmm. one side so.
0: yeah the other thing is like what else did we do oh um uh, we had brad decided to shoot a deer in the grand canyon <laughs> we did yeah. that
1: we uh name of the kudzu bluff finally came into play with us he in shot one off the side of the bluff
0: Mm-hmm.
1: we had to winch it out literally i mean we drug we drug it maybe 75 80 yards to where we could get a rope and a winch to it and then i'm very thankful for a winch
0: because
1: mm-hmm. that would have been way harder trying to drag the deer it probably would have ended up quartering him up just, yeah. just saying that because that's what i would have done if i didn't have the you know winch to pull him out with the players
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh that was <laughs> that was interesting
0: i can't like if you haven't seen what we're talking about in the bluffs, like I, I realized for most parts, like if me growing up in central Mississippi, I can only imagine if I heard someone describing stuff like this, I, I would be like, there's, I would have heard it, but I wouldn't have really heard it. I'd be like, there's no way it's that steep, you know? Yeah. And I mean, is
1: as steep or steeper than a lot of like snow slopes, like yeah. where you go skiing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, so I don't know if, because we put, the story, like if we put an Instagram story up of Jimmy because no one was more wound up about this ordeal of Brad shooting a deer that died in that canyon. No one was more wound up than Jimmy Primos. Jimmy thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> and that Instagram story, he's standing on the edge of the bluff, and I'm filming on my phone these three little orange vests, which was you, Brad, and Troy, working to get to the, de- the deer far enough to where we could reach him with a winch cable. And uh, like it's – so Jimmy standing on the edge talking about that, like, if either of us, like, if I took a step off that bluff and fell, I would get – I'd break a leg probably at least. No, like where, it's, where y'all are
1: standing, we guesstimated it's at least a 60-foot drop. Yeah. Like I mean, straight it's, down. It's like serious. Mm-hmm. Like no roll to it. It's a cliff.
0: Yeah. Which was a cool hunt. I think Brad rattled him in. Yeah, that was him and Troy hunting, um. And it's getting to be like I said. We we talked about this last week. Like we started. Did you see any like kind of ruddy type no.
1: stuff? We were. It was slow for Jimmy and I.
0: Gotcha. Well, Brad and I saw. You know, like the first evening that we hunted, we saw a uh, three and a half year old eight point, and he was bumping a doe around. Mm-hmm. Like he was out there eating for the longest time, and all of a sudden we we're like, something's got his attention. And he dipped back off right in the edge of the woods. We could see him. I mean, not like chasing, chasing, but he aggravated just no, yeah, nosing her around. And we were like, yeah, it's 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 getting there. He is wanting it to happen, but she is not. Yeah, she was not into it, man.
1: Uh, this uh, any day now it ought to start breaking loose. You know, starting to see that. Sure enough, bucks chasing does like pursuing them. Well, I would
0: imagine with this hard front we got coming through, it's but a fair chance.
1: Tomorrow, or next day should be
0: good. Yeah.
1: I don't, I'm don't. i not a huge fan of, like, this afternoon just because from my, just me hunting over the years, seems like the day after a front comes through is yeah. usually the best. But you mm-hmm. don't ever know. It yeah. may get them up on their feet well, since it's like a 30-degree drop from what it's been for last week. Got to go. Oh, yeah, we going.
0: I'll tell you the uh, the funniest, most frustrating story from last week that cont- continues and carries over into this week. So we have a buck again it's it's like the the cell cam thing like also adds to the anticipation because you can check it while you're hunting you can look and see what's going on at other spots kind of sort of you know and so we had this very nice eight point deer coming through one of our food plots you know what deer i'm talking about yep and we wanted to hunt him i mean he's been consistent in this food plot morning and evening and uh we were kept waiting because we didn't have a wind that we needed. Didn't have the wind. Finally, we get a wind that would work if we went in there and climbed. And so Brad and I go slipping in there, try to be as quiet as we can. We have to dip off the ridge down this bluff to circle around to get to this tree where we're going to climb. We had to get so high up in the tree because the tree that we climbed is down, down the bluff. Down, a bit. yeah, down the bluff a bit. So I had to climb so high and then untie my ropes that had my camera stuff attached to it and hand it to Brad so I could climb higher like we had to. And then so we we'd get up there in this tree, and then I end up seeing the deer. I watched that buck for half an hour, <laughs> and Brad never could see him. Is he as good
1: as he looks like on? Uh, he's a good deer. He's a very good deer. He looks huge on trail camera. He's
0: a very good deer. It's a very large deer. <laughs> he's the biggest deer I've seen there so yeah. far. Yeah. For sure. That I've physically laid eyes on.
1: Big old frame deer. Mm-hmm. He Ain't got a ton of mass, but it's huge frame.
0: Yeah. And what what he's got going um is or why the way we kind of got ourselves into that situation is there's a uh, water oak tree kind of mm-hmm. off the edge of that ridge road. And for whatever reason, just the way luck had it that night, because the camera that we've got out there is not on that. It's close to that acorn tree, but it ain't on it. It's pointed towards the food plot. And if you were just, if I hadn't seen him, you would think like maybe we bumped him going in. You know, what's the deal? Because he's been in here so consistently. Well... He never even attempted to walk through that food plot. He was just going to town on those acorns. <laughs> and Brad's, you know, Brad was like, "Where is he? Do you see him?" Where I'm like, "Yeah, I see him. He's right there." Like, why can't you? You know, like if you, I mean, I could have shot him from up there. Oh wow. Yeah, I, like looking at him. So you got some video of him? Nope. Huh? You couldn't get the camera on him. Like I had, like hey, you must have been like pushing out from the tree or something. Yeah. some weird position. Yeah, and then like the way I had to get so high in the tree like I, I could not physically get the climber any higher because it started to split you uh-huh. know like the tree started splitting these separate branches and where the camera was um i couldn't there was like one of those big bran i mean if i if i took the camera off the arm i may have could have filmed him through some of that stuff i don't know gotcha but there was a bunch of there was a doe and a yearling in the food plot and i did not want to be moving oh, yeah. around all that you know so, yeah, I have no footage of him. <laughs> I can just go off my word that I saw him. You're lying. Yeah, it might be. But, yeah, we tried to go in there the next morning and turkey hunt him with Jimmy. That didn't work. And then the next day, Brad and I go hunting somewhere else that afternoon. He came through there at 4.30. And you sent us a picture of him walking through the food plot. So we got that going for us. That was kind of frustrating.
1: Cat and mouse, cat and mouse. He, he, he zigs and we zag. Mm-hmm. We zag and he zigs. Yeah. He didn't get old for no reason.
0: No. He looks every bit of at four, least At least four. Four, maybe so, five. Yeah. But that's all we got, really. You know, I mean, like I, I'm looking towards the week very optimistically based off of how last week went. Yeah, we do. Um, I know Jimmy's wanting to pull trigger on something some kind of bad, and I'd like to see him do it. Yeah,
1: This week, it's been a year since he shot a buck. Yeah. So he's itching.
0: And he was very, very quick to remind us of that too. Yeah. He's like, I need a buck. It's been about a year. You got to scratch that itch. I can relate. But anyhow, is there anything I'm forgetting?
1: Nothing other than uh, that we got throwbacks going on.
0: 'Cause we're actually running a little bit on the short side of this podcast this week.
1: Yeah, we got YouTube stuff that's still coming out there, the throwback videos. We you, got yeah. uh hopefully some newer stuff coming out here in the next month or so and you uh outdoor channel T V shows coming on every week from uh, last year at Kutzu Bluff and Swamp Donkey and everything we did.
0: Which we're about to talking about n- new shows.
1: They'll be coming out The first week of January
0: here directly.
1: It's already December. By another month, we start having new shows coming on on Outdoor Channel.
0: You know what I thought about this morning? It's December, right? Uh You got December, January, February. It's turkey season again.
1: Yep, four months.
0: That's close.
1: Not too long. Close, close. We on the downhill side of
0: yeah. Um, yeah. You Primo's YouTube classics. I'm not going to delve into it too much because we talked about this before we started recording. There's some YouTube exclusive content that we need to be uploading. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that for now. (laughs) we like, we'd like to get, we're we're trying to get aimed more to where we can put stuff. That's just exclusive YouTube stuff, which we've done a little bit of that before, but I want to do more. Um, So yeah, YouTube content, outdoor channel, uh, site, there's still holiday deals going on at primos.com. I know you can get discounts on the blinds and stuff like that. I think that's it, man. Hmm. Yeah, I think that is it. We'll wrap this week up. Yeah. we need to get on the road and so get to we Kudzu anyway. Head north, get up to Kudzu, and, um, under and out there already all right guys we're gonna wrap this one up hope you enjoyed it we'll catch y'all back here next week and thank you as always for listening to the speak the language podcast